And welcome to the Battle of New York. I'm Rich Hernandez here. Matt Nodell here. And uh, we're excited to be here today from West Palm Beach, Florida. We're staying at, uh, where are we, PGA National, whatever? Yeah, PGA National. Ironically, we're here the same time the Honda Classic is being played, so it is pretty busy down here this time of the year. We could care less about golf, but we're uh, happy to be here. This isn't the Battle of the PGA, this is the Battle of New York. Exactly. So. Uh, and I respect golf people, but it's not our cup of tea. I did, uh, I did forget a microphone, so we're rolling with one today. We're outside. What is this, like a cabana? I don't even know what this is. Yeah, this is like a little cabana in the back. You know, it's pretty nice to be chilling outside right now. Well, chilling's a, a good, you know, a, a different kind of word. I mean, it's beautiful weather. Oh, it is so nice here. We went for a run today. Uh, we are, we've been up since like 3 in the morning. Uh, we got in, easy flight, went for a quick jog, went by the pool. We read, which uh, baseball book are you reading right now, Matt? Uh, I'm reading a. I've, the title is is escaping me. It's uh, it's about a bunch of players that played in the 1910s and 1920s, and they're all just kind of collectively telling their stories about how they got there, and uh, it, it's pretty cool. All the players kind of connect. They all play together. I want to say uh, story of their time or some something to do of, of that nature. Favorite I'll, player so far from the 1910s to 1920s. Uh, that I've read about, yeah. uh, it's got to be Sam Crawford. Dude was electric. Or uh, I hear a lot of, he hasn't had a specific story in this book. Like he hasn't written anything. But every player talks about Christy Mathewson and how electric. Like he was they, a legend. Yeah. They said that like he threw a ball so hard, like it, it was absolutely incredible. And just hearing like there was a guy that pitched like they had a 19 inning game, and this one of the pitchers pitched the whole game, and he won the game. Nine, all 19 innings. That's baffling. Or Imagine you, someone did that nowadays. Yeah, it definitely couldn't be Jacob deGrom. I can all tell right. you that. But I, it doesn't matter for you anymore. He's not on your team. But. That's another storyline today. But, uh, yeah, we're just going to kind of dive right in. We're gonna. Matt's got some thoughts he needs to get out of his chest uh, about the Yanks. We're going to do initial uh, initial thoughts on spring training so far, and then we're gonna Matt and I are going to discuss our week because uh, we're not going to be at Met spring training the whole time. We're going to kind of do a tour, but... Matt, before we begin, let's get into your... Uh, Matt's got to vent a little bit about his Yanks, so uh, put your listening ears on. Yeah, so, I mean, some early news as soon as uh, the Yankees pitchers and catchers reported to camp is Frankie Montas out for the year. Um, he is getting shoulder surgery on an injury that he has had since the Yankees traded for him. Um, it could explain part of the reason why he struggled down the stretch after being traded over to the Yankees. I personally... Um, at the time of this trade, I was happy because I thought that we needed an arm. Um, I wasn't as concerned. I was hoping that the Yankees had done their due diligence, uh, obviously. Uh, my my reaction, and Rich, I, I'd love to get your opinion on this, but it kind of feels like the Yankees made this move as like a we-need-to-make-a-move type of uh, trade instead of really kind of sitting and saying this, this is going to be the best fit for us. I think they saw him as like, his highest potential but they were banking on that and i mean did you guys give up the farm for him or was it kind of a we gave up a couple of really good pitching prospects which is like um you got to wait out that cycle i mean i mean rodan is so important for you guys like because last year montas was like your four like he's your your five goes down you can kind of fill that in but yeah but with if montas healthy is your five you feel really good about it. Now we have 
my least favorite pitcher, Domingo Herman, as uh, slated to be our five, which I hope they don't give it to him, and I hope they give it to Clark Schmidt. I think that logistically it makes more sense for Herman to be the five because I think Clark Schmidt really thrived in a bullpen role. Yeah, it's tough to move a bullpen guy up. And you know my thoughts on Domingo Herman. Obviously, uh, we know his domestic violence history, so we don't support him for that reason. We don't like him. But also, when he won 20 games, his ERA was over four. So it was the bats carrying him. I don't necessarily think that he ever had good stuff. So He's got a good breaking ball. He's got a good curveball. That's that's the one thing you can say about him. The but I don't ball. think he's, like, the year he won 20 games, some people were saying he was the best pitcher in the league, which I think is outrageous. And he's just a bad human being as well, so we're not a fan of him. Not uh, a fan of him. I do, I mean, I as a Yankee fan, I, I have to sit here and say I hope that he pitches well because yeah. um, I never want any one of the Yankees players to do uh, not well while they're on the team. Um, but that, it really frustrated me seeing that that report because it also kind of seems like it was delayed. It could have been uh, something that, like he could have got the surgery earlier in this off season. But I think he was trying kind of like he, the Trevor Story thing. Yeah, he was yeah. waiting. It, he was waiting it out and like, oh, well, it's going to get better. Well, look, if you don't think it's going to get better now, you're talking about your whole season's gone. Whereas you probably could have came back around the All Star break or a little bit after if you had just gotten this done. It could have been like a Red Sox situation though, where like. I'm going to agree, like, Trevor Story doing that is much more impactful than Montas. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's just a frustrating thing because you look at the uh, the trades the Yankees have made in the past couple of years. I mean, Montas and the, and the other ones, uh, Donaldson and IKF, it's like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, the Mets traded for Darren Ruff. Darren Ruff, Darren Ruff. If you want to get a room of Mets fans going, ask them their thoughts on Darren Ruff. The place will erupt. This is true. This is true. But, you know, so I just – that was a frustration thing for me. Um, I think – but Cortez, I just think – I don't think the Yankees wanted him pitching in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, that's the, that's the other story is, uh, you know, Cortez pulled out of the World Baseball Classic stating a hamstring injury. He um, looked fine. He, he looked fine. I, I think that it was more of like a uh, – you know how we talk about at the end of the season, players going on the uh, IL, it's, they call it the phantom IL. They don't really have an injury. They just want like to rest. Like Verlander did. He just wanted yeah. to rest, yeah. I think that that's kind of what they were doing with Cortez. They were like, oh, if, you, if you're not 100% in this area, then maybe you You think should. that's what they did for Kershaw too? Kershaw, I saw, had something in his contract um, – like that he signed with the Dodgers, like stating something to do because of something to do with like a prior back injury. I want to say they, they had like it was contractually obligated to sit to sit out. Um, that was why he he can't participate. It's not because he wasn't healthy. It's because in the past he wasn't healthy, and it's a contingency on the season. The for Dodgers the Dodgers are just such a smart franchise, they've kind of figured that out. Yeah, but Cortez is fine. I mean, if, for any Yankee fan that, that has been on social media, Cortez threw a bullpen. He he looked normal. There was no – and you see him walking around camp. He's doing running drills. Yeah, I mean, he's fine. he's he's fine. It was just more the Yankees did not want him to play in the World Baseball Classic. And if you look at it from a purely Yankee standpoint, it makes sense. He threw his career high in innings last year by double – um yeah i mean this is a huge year for cortez i'm personally i'm excited to see him because like he's got good energy out there he's good for baseball if i was a yankee fan i'd be worried because it's like you said like he threw double the amount of innings he's ever thrown before and uh those mechanical things that he does kind of like johnny cueto does they're like you saw johnny cueto was dominant at some points 
uh, and then he was hittable. But he's been around the league for so long. Yeah, that's another factor. But I just think it's an interesting year. Like I, I think he's going to be a fun pitcher to watch. So he always is, and he's great for baseball. Uh, that's why it's kind of sad to not see him in the World Baseball Classic because you want to see those faces. In. I think the USA's uh, starting pitching is running pretty thin. It is running really like thin. That lineup, they, they can't. They're not going to win with that. Just that lineup. Like I mean, the lineup. The Dominican team. The lineup. I think the lineup's good. The lineup compares. I think just as well, if not a little better, I think, than Team Dominican, personally. Yeah, but their pitching is The just pitching so is, that, that's the problem. And that's why you want to see, like, Nestor Cortez, you want to see the names like Nestor Cortez, Clayton Kershaw, you want to see them in this because it, it does uh, promote the game in such a, a very good way. But f- from a purely Yankee standpoint, coming off all the uncertainty, coming into all the uncertainty this year that Cortez provides, I understand why. You know my thought. Um, they I'm, don't want I'm rooting for Team Puerto Rico. Uh, okay, buckets. <laughs> but I, uh, I wouldn't mind though if they lost and Edwin Diaz didn't pitch that much. You know, like I, I ultimately you want the Mets to win the World Series. Yeah. Like I, but like there's also like you're playing for your country. Like I totally get that. Yeah, and you're you're obviously from Puerto Rico. And if you, if you can see my face right now, I'm shaking my head because he is not from Puerto Rico. No, I'm I'm Cuban American. I'm half Cuban, so I, I'm. And that makes complete sense that your rooting interests, you said, are Team Dominican and Team Puerto Rico. <laughs> but that's the whole thing about the World Baseball Classic. It doesn't even mean your country, you know. No, I know, I know. It's just nice to see all the different cultures of baseball playing, and like they're all different playing styles, which is I what's see really another, cool. Like that Dominican Puerto Rico game was like crazy. Last time. Oh yeah, it, it felt like a World Series game. Yeah, because they all care so much about like their country and like the pride. It's a really great atmosphere. Honestly, I'm it, excited to watch it. I'm excited to have playoff atmosphere baseball in March. Yeah, I am too. Because and everyone says that, but you know, you go into spring training and you watch these games, and oh, they're pulling at guys after you know the second, third inning, and it's like I don't this is the, great. And I'm, I'm excited for that. Don't get me wrong. But to have these guys going out there and playing for something that really matters to them in March, talk about getting me fired up for the season. I'm going to be ready to go. My, I think it's going to be interesting because the new rules are in the World Baseball Classic. So there's going to be those players who play in the World Baseball Classic and then have trouble adjusting, I think. There's also going to be those guys like Lindor who will be fine. But I just think it's something to monitor. Like those guys, like I'm just going to throw out an example. Uh Max Scherzer, I put this on Twitter today, he's going to destroy people with the pitch clock. And the fact that he's not going to the World Baseball Classic, I think he's going to absolutely manhandle people the first two months of the season. Yeah, you want to talk about a baseball nerd? He's going to be someone studying those rules, and he's going to know how to... He's been excited for this rule for a year. Yeah. Because he's like, it's my advantage. I work fast. And you saw that, and me and Matt both don't like this guy, uh, Herrera, who used to play for the Phillies. Obdubo Herrera. Yeah. And... uh when Max was in D.C., you know, Herrera was taking his time, and he struck him out looking because the guy was just lollygagging up there. So Max didn't take advantage of that. But moving on, uh, we don't want to dwell too much on spring training so far, but if you have one storyline from spring training so far, not even a storyline, just like something that one big takeaway, and uh, feel free to leave it in the comments, too. Like, what is one takeaway you have from spring training so far for the Yanks? I have mine for the Mets already, but you can go first. 
For the Yankees, uh, I, I want to say it definitely is the shortstop dynamic. I was reading about it today. Um, Kiner Falefa obviously showed up to camp, and uh, I saw... The Yankee fans didn't throw stuff at his car? Nope, nope, nothing happened to him. He's, he is safe. It's the classy fans he is down safe, here in Florida. But he, he did say, he said, I'm going to help out Anthony Volpe as much as he needs. I don't, don't help him out. Uh, IKF, please just leave him alone. Let him do well, his IKF's thing. IKF's a class act, though. He, no, I, I know. I'm, I'm messing. Like, just I don't, I don't need you rubbing off on him. But um, I do think that that's good uh, for team culture. I, I, but I will say all of them were down there early, which was good to see. I liked seeing um, Volpe, Peraza. Uh, working out, I was good. I saw DJ working at third. He said he's a hundred percent, which is huge for the Yankees. Will he bat leadoff? I think he, yeah, he's the prototypical leadoff hitter for the Yankees. And if he's a hundred percent, that really changes that lineup. But the storyline that I'd like to say is the biggest: Aaron Judge taking reps at first base. I think that's the biggest storyline. Was that like? But he so. There was I forgot who it was in the Mets, but they were at first base and they were like so and so was at first base taking reps, but they were like wearing their catcher's mitt, and everyone was like, no, he's just like throwing like you know. Oh, he had a first baseman. Yeah, he had a first baseman's mitt on. I mean, I'm not gonna say it doesn't make sense because he is six foot seven. But my thing is like, isn't that something you do year like five of the contract? Yeah, not year one. It could be something that like you know he's down there early. because it was, it was before players had to report. Maybe, like maybe just, someone's taking reps at shortstop. They needed someone to to field at first base, and they say, "Hey, maybe down the line this will be good for you. Maybe, you know, we can work real, it out." Judge Year Nine is not going to be playing the outfield. No, he shouldn't be. But my thing is, like, why are you having him take reps at first when he's in his prime? Yeah, not only that, he's been very vocal that he loves to play the outfield. He's a good outfield. He's a, oh, he's an above-average defender, and he li- not only does he like to play right field, he likes to play center field. Yeah, he can play center. So you, now you're saying, you know what, let's take some reps at first base. I personally didn't re- enjoy that at all. I, I like the aspect of having him in the outfield. Um, so seeing him play reps at first, even though I, I, I promise you it's got to be something to do with Players wanting to get reps in the infield, and they needed someone over there. You know, Rizzo didn't report early; he doesn't need to. He's been a vet in the league for how many years? He knows what he's got to do. Yeah. Um, so that's probably why he was there. But I definitely think that it was a thought for the future, and I I thought it was a big storyline. It felt weird to see him there. Um, what would you say? Like, I don't know. I what would you say is the Mets' biggest storyline that oh. you've seen in the past week or so? The Mets' biggest storyline, I don't even think it's a question. It's Kodai Senga. Uh, it's the first time we've seen him uh, playing in the MLB. And first off, he was there early. Every interview with this guy, the the fact that... Loves pizza. Yeah, like, he, he there's a language barrier, but he still interacts with, like, his teammates. And, like, like personally, like when I was a kid... And you go to a new team, not even as a kid, like even as an adult, like playing rec basketball, like in college or something, like you go to a new team, you're uncomfortable talking to people. He went to an entirely new country, an entirely new league, and he like fits in. Like he's just very natural out there. And his ghost forkball, I, you know, I was very worried about it because the, the Japanese ball is a little smaller. You know, I had this worry. Yeah. And his ghost forkball, Pete. Pete had an interview. Pete was like, yeah, I, I couldn't even see it. 
See, I, I, I've heard a mixed bag on how he's thrown so far, because I think he... John Heyman put out a report that he threw bad, but that's just Heyman trying to get stuff, like... But to be fair, it makes, I mean, it makes sense uh, for an initial, like, showing up. What I was surprised about, though, is if you sign that deal, wouldn't the first thing you work on, even though you're not reporting right away, wouldn't you be practicing with an MLB-sized ball? Like, it seems like, reading that report, it seemed like he went to Mets camp, and that's when he was learning about it. It was I would have been practicing. I doubt that because he's very analytical. Like that—that that was the whole rift that he had in Japan. Was his coaches? You know, Japanese baseball is very traditional. They don't use a lot of analytics right now. I think they'll adapt to it. But big contact hitters. Like he, he wanted to use analytics, and his coaches were like, "No." I really highly doubt that the first like he he didn't just start using them when he came over here. If he was playing, like, in Japan over the winter months, like, because I know they have a lot of domes there and they play in, like, that makes sense that he was still playing in that league. He's using that ball. But that report I read, it just, Heyman's stuff just doesn't add up sometimes. I mean, yeah. you know Arson Judge. Uh, I do know that very and well. And it also, it's probably, it's your first time throwing in, in America. You're throwing next to Scherzer and Verlander. You're not going to look great. No <laughs> do you see McNeil tee him off? Who? Senga? Yeah. He was the only one who touched him. I mean, it doesn't shock me. I mean, cause... McNeil is a great hitter, but... I mean, Pete's kind of looked silly against everyone. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, you know Pete, he's trying to get his big boy daddy hacks in. Yeah, Pete really put in the work in the offseason, apparently. Um, Dude, he, he rocks it. I, I like Pete. I do. Pete's you, got... You, have, you got the New Jersey. Oh, yeah. If you... Your third favorite team in the World Baseball Classic, <laughs> reppin'. If you, uh... If you see Matt and I, uh... We're going to get into this in a couple minutes, but if you see us, I'll likely be wearing my Alonzo USA jersey. I actually brought it in on my carry-on, just in case. I actually got it on in the airport. Yeah, uh, you did. Because uh, as soon as we landed, we were like, we, we need to change. Yeah, it was pretty cold in Massachusetts. It's pretty warm here. I already, I have, I got tan today, actually. I have a sunburn on my leg. Yeah, I already got a tan today. Uh, but I think this is a good... Uh, good segue into yeah, our to, plans. So... Obviously, uh, I'm a diehard Mets fan. You all know this. I live and die by the Mets. Matt lives and dies by the Yankees. But this trip is more about uh, experiencing all baseball that we can. Yeah, and just from different viewpoints. So our schedule, uh, and we're going to record again Wednesday because I have uh, some classes I have to attend on Zoom Tuesday and Thursday night, so we can't record, but uh, tomorrow, uh, where we are right now is about 10 minutes from the Marlins Cardinals facility, and as you know, we did an interview with a uh, former St. Louis Cardinal MILB player, Matt Chamberlain, so we're going to go to Cardinals and Marlins camp tomorrow and kind of uh, follow some of those Cardinal players, just because we have kind of a connection to them. Uh, Maybe we'll get to see Sandy Alcantara on the Marlins side, a yeah. little Jazz Chisholm. Uh, you know, and it's just—it's such a close facility. Uh, beautiful facility. We we've been to a lot of minor league games there. Yeah, it just—it made sense for us to go to, uh, and that will be our day there. But then uh, on Wednesday, that's our big dive into the Mets. That's why we're going to record Wednesday too. Wednesday, we're going to be all day at the Mets facility. Uh, I also thought that it would be kind of fun to just pick one day to go to the Mets because then I could really embrace it as a fan, my first experience there, and just kind of take it all in. So we'll be there. 
shout out to everyone on Twitter who kind of gave me info on the times to go. We're going to try to be there the whole day and really just embrace the experience. Yeah, we. I, I told Rich, you know, the Tampa's pretty far away to go to the, with the Yankees, so we're not gonna we're not gonna make it there. But I said, you know, it's your favorite team. We should sandwich it in to the middle day, the day that we can get the most time there, so you the, can really the, enjoy your yeah. team. Yeah, it's the t- it's the day we have the most time too, because we're in West Palm Beach. We're not in a uh, Port St. Lucie, but we'll be there. So that will be our big dive into the Mets, and then we'll record Wednesday, and then Thursday, uh, we have the Nationals and Astros facility. Personally, I just I want to see Dom Smith. Uh, I have a soft spot for Dom. I really love him. And, you know, they are a division rival, so I kind of want to see who they have there. And the Astros are the world class of baseball. Matt's favorite team. Uh, I, I would not go that far. Yeah, the Astros are Even the Braves. I, I do have a man crush on Jeremy Pena after seeing his uh, massive triceps. So, biggest man crush on the Astros. Go. Kyle Tucker. Jeremy Pena. Oh, dude. Kyle Tucker. D- dude, Kyle Tucker has my favorite quote of all time. And remind me after, I have another quote after that I read today. But uh, when right before the World Series versus the Phillies, they were like, how do you feel about this World Series? And it was when the Astros hadn't lost a postseason game. And Kyle Tucker's like, yeah, I got a vacation plan, so I'm just hoping we can get it done four games, you know, move on, and then I can just go on vacation. But he didn't mean it in, like, a condescending way. He just literally was like, yeah, I want to get done with work so I can go on vacation. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I uh, just think Pena, like, he, look at the guy. Like, his arms are the size of both of our legs put together. I put together. this on Twitter today. It's it's all around baseball. I feel like 80% of players that showed up put on 15 pounds of muscle. Is that just me? Yeah, because in the offseason, that's, that's what they do. Yeah. Nimmo got huge. But, like, the work they put in this year seems like significantly more. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the most normal spring training that they've had in the past three, three four years. Yeah, no, true. Even though the, the World Baseball Classic's going on. Uh, so for but for most players, this will be the most normal that they they get. So I feel like going into this, a lot of players wanted to be the most ready that they could, and it really showed. I mean, everybody seems like they're raring to go. A lot of players from any organization showed up early. You know, if you really want to make an impression on a team, go early. It's like showing up early to your job. If you want to make a good impression of the boss, get there early. That's what Brett Beatty did. Yeah. Yeah, he's been working. He's been working his butt off. I'm telling you, he's gonna be a big part of third base for the Mets this year. I said this on the last episode. Yeah, I mean, him and Escobar are working together a lot. But uh, I saw this on Twitter. I thought this was outrageous. I have to end with this. Uh, a Braves beat writer put up a tweet about Ozuna and the Ozuna first... from the Ozuna from the Braves. Ozuna, I'm a, I'm Ozuna from the Braves. Uh... <laughs> But the start of the tweet was, after a season with two arrests and a 600 OPS, Ozuna's looking for a bounce back. And I almost peed my pants. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... Like, how... Not only... <laughs> how as a writer do you start with, after a frustrating season with two arrests, but then you skip over everything else, you skip over batting average, OBP, and you just go, he didn't have a good OPS. <laughs> like, that's The first crazy. thing they thought of. Yeah, the OPS sucked. Oh, he also got arrested twice. Yeah, uh, and he he plays for the Braves. That's you know me. I hate the Braves. I and, I really just don't like Ozuna. I think that the Braves are a world class organization. Gosh. You're gonna make me throw up. Oh God! You can't hate on everything they've done. What they've they what they've done is great. It doesn't They're, mean I like it. 
I, I know. I, I like, Trust what, me, I understand. You get it. You have the Astros, we have the Braves. I have the Astros, but even in my division, I have the Rays. I have the Red Sox, even though they're in the basement right now. They always go from last to first. They've done it. Trust me, I understand where you're, where you're coming from with the Braves. Um, from an outsider looking in, it's fun to watch the two teams go at it. So, Yeah, I mean, last year was fun. People forget, like, the whole Mets-Braves uh, series last year was tampered by the sweep at the end. But remember when the Mets won... The, the first, like, just needed one game, Rich. All right, we're not going to talk about that. But the Mets won four out of five in New York, and it was electric. But then the Braves won three out of four, and it was just, you know, Braves never lose. But uh, that's that's a guess. We got to we gotta get on the pod. I, I know that we, we're working on getting guests, but we need Frank. Oh, God. That's a that's two words to not bring up with uh, Mets fans is Darren Ruff and Frank the Tank. That's three words. Oh, man. I felt like Charles Barkley. I got two words for you. Must watch television, Steve Nash. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. Uh, Love you, Chuck. <laughs> those are two uh, Those are two Met people that Mets fans don't like, and it's funny because how much he hates Darren Ruff. And, look, this is a very unpopular opinion, but with how much the Mets gave up for Darren Ruff and how successful he's been in the past against lefties, I feel like you have to put him on the roster. I mean, they're going to. If Pete needs a day off, too, you throw him at first if a lefty's on the mound? I just can't wait to watch Frank's reactions. What, like, I mean, I just, like, the Mets gave up a pretty big haul for him. Like, I feel like they just got to run with it at this point. Uh, if you guys want to leave in the comments or comment to us on Twitter, how many pairs of glasses do Frank the Tank go through this season? I'm going to set the over-under at 12 and a half. Oh, I was thinking 300. Oh, no. I'm going 12 and a half pairs of glasses uh, over under. Let us know in the comments on Twitter. Tag us. Uh, in, I, I just want to know. I want to know your guys' opinion on the I'm telling you. Like, on the Mets, Mets fans don't even, like, really acknowledge his Twitter anymore. Uh, well, because, I, like, they're not real sports takes. They're just knee-jerk reactions. Yeah. That's, but, but that's, what, that's you, what Barstool, like, goes for you know what i mean that's what they go for that's what they go for and you know what it works for them i'm not gonna hate on it and you know what what do we send each other all the time rich yeah frank the tank videos <laughs> the braves never lose when it's a good one it i think Carabas put that out to start but uh yeah we're kind of getting out of time here but we're we're excited to just we're gonna try to our mission is to see you know five teams in three days and one day uh i'm not a fangirl when it comes to baseball but wednesday you're gonna fangirl. Yeah, it's just I, I wanna uh, really enjoy it. We we you rented... can't say you're not gonna fangirl when when Jeff McNeil waved at you. You literally almost screeched. Well, Jeff McNeil's a tough guy, dude. Like when he waved at me, I was like, I felt like a like a middle schooler just got asked to the dance. I was like, oh, Jeff looked at me. I was like, <laughs> that's how you felt with our car. We rented a 2020 Mustang, and yeah, Rich... we have a uh, we have a 2020 Mustang uh, convertible. It's, it's on Twitter. It's uh, we don't own it, and we looked like it because we couldn't close the, the top for a while. Yeah, but, but uh, I felt bad. The guy I rented from, his girlfriend had to come out, and she definitely did not want to talk to us, but it's okay. because yeah, there's an app where you can, like, rent, like, really nice sports cars in Florida. I don't know how Matt found this. It was not me. But, uh, yeah, I'm a passenger princess. I'm just chilling on my phone, rocking the aux, GPS. Yeah, yeah, he's doing good, but we'll keep you guys updated throughout the week. Uh, you know, uh, let us know what you guys think. And if you're in Port St. Lucie, make sure to say hi to us. Uh, we got any fans uh, that are going to Cardinals Marlins or uh, Nationals uh, nah, nah, Astros? We don't have fans. 
hey, we have <laughs> listeners. We don't have fans. <laughs> listeners but, is a subjective term. But uh, make sure to stop and say hi to us. Uh, just trying to spread that, not just Mets love, but baseball love too. Uh, and Yankees. No, Mets, Mets and baseball. Yankees go under the baseball umbrella. Uh, I think everything else goes under the, I think baseball in general goes under a Yankee umbrella. What, 27 rings? I, never, I didn't say it, you did. 27 rings? I didn't say it, you did. Before 1950. All right, with that, we're going to wrap it up. If the, the Yankees were a team for 70 more years than the Mets, right? Yeah. So the Mets hypothetically could have 70 more championships. I guarantee you, if you look from the inception of the Mets from now, we still triple or quadruple the amount of world The Yankees have been a franchise like 60, 70 more years, so that's just... Add that to what we have now. That's how many more championships we have in here. Sure, okay. All right. I got to stop talking. I'm saying stupid stuff.